Welcome to PBIS Journey to Genius. Are you in the process of implementing PBIS? Are you wondering where to start? You are in the right place. We are here to support you. Stay tuned. Hello, everybody. Welcome back. My name is Diane Farrell, and I am a retired counselor and teacher, and I have with me Diane Ruff. It's good to see Good to have everybody out there again. And if you saw our our listen to our podcast before, we um, are putting a podcast together. Um, Diane and I, so we're the Dianes, Diane and Diane. We've worked together for many years, and we're putting together a podcast called PBIS: Our Journey to Genius. PBIS is a positive behavior interventions and support system, and that we've put in place and helped our school receive gold awards for many years and recognition. Our goal is to share our trials and successes so that you might use these maybe to help you in your positive behavior intervention journey. We will also share current issues in behavior management today and how PBIS can help with those ongoing struggles. So anytime that there's a change in an organization, it can be very tricky, uh, if you, especially if you want buy-in. So today we're going to share the challenges that we were up against. It is our hope by sharing our story, it will help you navigate how to begin implementing change in your organization. So today's specific episode title is The Struggle is Real. Can you feel it? I'm sure that you have been there. We are going to take you back to the beginning of the consolidation of two buildings. This happened about 14 years ago in 2008-2009. We were a very large building that housed about 850 students with 40 to 45 teachers and a smaller building with an enrollment of 230 with about 12 to 15 teachers. We built a new school that would bring both communities together, and this is our story today. So I'm very excited to have with us Michelle Nervo. Hi, Michelle. Hi, nice to see you both. We're very glad you're with us. Michelle was principal at the time when we were doing the consolidation, and so Diane had the Diane and I had the opportunity to work with her, and we had a great time. So we thought that we would bring Michelle on to just kind of share her experience as to what that was like when we were bringing those two buildings together. So Michelle, can you just kind of give us a real quick uh, talk about your education and what brought you to, into education? Sure, I'd be happy to. So this is year 43 for me. Seems like education is... And she doesn't look it at all. <laughs> she awesome. looks amazing. Oh, well, how kind that is. <laughs> 43 years in the field. Um, I started my wow. career as a second grade teacher in a very small rural school. And uh, eventually I got that urge to go into administration, which I did as I finished my master's. And then I left... Um, but was happy to come back into the school setting through my other job, and that brought me back in through curriculum. And then it led to a principalship, uh, which is where I met these dynamic Dianes. <laughs> um, and what I'm doing now is, of course, I retired from being a principal, but I couldn't be done. So I continued on, and I work as a director of early childhood programs for um, the Stark County Educational Service Center. So Diane and I have a thing that we both did in our episode last time, and we're going to do with every guest that comes, and we want to know their why and their aha. So we're going to ask Michelle, why did you choose education, and why did you stay? 
So you can obviously, 43 years later, you're probably can figure out why. It's, it really just started as all I did was play school. And that's what I did. I played school at home on the weekends as a young child. It seemed like that's all I did. <laughs> and when I went off to college, I didn't seem to vary from that track. Education was what I wanted to do. I wanted to always be a teacher, and uh, that didn't waver for me. So um, I didn't seek out other disciplines. That was where my track was, and that's where I stayed until I graduated from um, college. So I just assumed this is what I'm supposed to do. Yeah, that's great. And I you've had that. an amazing career. So Absolutely. has there been an aha moment that sticks out in your mind over the years that, you know, it's just really cool? Well, I, probably the biggest aha for me was when I finished my master's and left teaching, I wasn't out too long, and I thought, what did I do? I've left what I love. I left my passion. And at that point, it was probably pretty difficult to go back to the classroom. I was then looked at as an administrator, and it was a little hard to rewind that. So I believe that that aha was like, that's where I should have been, stayed. It didn't work out that way. But I did come back to it by being able to be a principal, which brought me back into the classrooms, back into working with staff and being with children again. So that ended my career uh, um, in my first round as before I retired, being back where I wanted to be and where I started. I always wondered why you circled back around to a principal. Look at you. I'm knowing something new about Miss Michelle, (laughs) and I didn't know that. That's that's great about these um, interviews. Well, what we're going to do is we're going to have Michelle rewind her memory, okay, clear back, and this is going to be about... Oh, 15 years ago now, and when we started this new building. So Michelle was principal at our old building that had the 800-some students that Diane talked about called MI Day Elementary. And then when we built this beautiful new building and brought these two elementaries together, Michelle was the principal that transitioned over. So when that happened, Michelle, what was the climate like that first year when all the teachers came together. What was that like? So from the beginning, it was really an unknown for me. I thought nothing in my career has truly prepared me for this uh, journey. (laughs) And I spent a lot of time thinking about how, how do you do this? How do you take a small rural community school and blend it together with something that was much larger? Um, I, I knew we talked about it at the time that, for those people at the West Building, they were losing their whole community. Yeah, where yes, we they were. we were still in the community, we were right here. All all our folks had to do was to you know go next door to this beautiful new building. So it was it was a more of a culture shock, I think, for our West folks and and just what they lived on a day to day basis and what we did with this, a building of eight hundred and some students. So. Um, you know, our folks walked across the parking lot to get to this new place, but they certainly had to pick up everything and move it here to our, our new building. So um, it also had a, a, a co-principal feel. At the time, we had a head principal at West and a head principal at MI Day, and now we were coming together, and we look at each other as like, well, wait a minute, who's got more power than the other person? <laughs> well, in the beginning, though, yeah. wasn't um, Mr. Chaddock supposed to be like 345, and you were supposed to be K12 right. or that, something like that? Because it was supposed to be memory. two 
Two, two separate, separate yes. schools under actually, one I, roof. Yeah. Actually, I had forgotten that. Yeah. Uh, I don't think it but worked out that, that way. But or, still, that would be interesting because, yeah. yeah, who does take on the the bigger role? Or I guess the, I don't know really what you know. Well, right. So yeah. you're in those positions in those buildings. And here was the other piece that I found interesting. You have now blended all kindergarten teachers from each building and first and second and on up the grade levels. Well, they most of our staff would have navigated back to their principal that they had. Yes. Well, just because I'm in second grade, I'm not going to go to Michelle. Right. Because I'm, I'm going to find Gary. Right. So, I'm going to I'm used yeah. to Mr. Chaddock, so I'm yeah. going to go talk to him. Correct. So that was a little tricky just besides bringing all those staff people together under one in roof. in theory, on paper, it looked good. It did. But, yes. You know, I'd never even thought of I that, actually. Thought of that because either. I thought now... Uh, you know, being from the larger building, mm -hmm. you know, we just felt these West people just assimilate, you know, like yeah. it wouldn't be a problem. But I never, until you just said that, thinking I'm a second grade teacher at West, I'm used to Mr. Chaddock. So when I get up there, I'm, I'm, I'm not going to go to Mrs. Nervo because I'm used to Mr. Chaddock. Yes. He's, and we only have like 12 teachers. We've been a family out there. I'm yeah. going to absolutely go to That's him. And now all of a sudden I'm having to go to Mrs. Nervo, who I don't even know. So right. I, I do see that, like, maybe they would just go to Mr. Chaddock because that was, that was what was, they were close to. So which kind of leads us into obstacles. You know, what obstacles did you encounter as an administrative leader? You know, obstacles for the teachers. Um, at that time, I was a teacher, third grade. Uh, so for me, I didn't really see too many obstacles because I was used to the fast pace of, of getting to specials on time mm -hmm. and all, you know, all of that. And you were the principal at the other building. Right. So you were still my principal. But but Gary was my principal too, see? Now that I think about that, I probably did come to you more. Because you were third grade, because so I was you third should grade. have gone to Mr. Chatter. Right. Yeah. It, it was a natural, it just happened. I don't think it was intentional for any of our staff. It just, the whole blending on a brand new building and what you've left behind and now what you're trying to build was difficult for everyone because it was new we hadn't hadn't experienced that so it was easy to revert to the people that you felt the most comfort with because you knew what their expectations were as a leader uh, and you could meet those but now I've just put all you people together into a grade level and you have you don't even know each other well necessarily right. so th those relationships hadn't been built Either. And we did try to do a little bit of work ahead of time with that. I remember we did some team building mm -hmm. between the two buildings at a camp. We did go to camp, which right? I think was a great idea and a good start. Mm -hmm. But I remember that camp. But um, yeah, that's that's a difficult piece when you bring together. So that first couple of years, just kind of working. Well, and then Mr. Chaddock was only around for a year. Correct. Yeah. And then it changed Well, again. before we move to you being, um, moving your position, Diane, um, what about you, okay, so you just said I was in the large building, but you also had the most coworkers in your grade level. So now you've got these two, you know, West teachers coming up here that have been used to working together, and now they have to assimilate mm -hmm. in with your group. What was that like? Um, I think that we gravitated towards who we were comfortable with. You know, mm -hmm. so uh, there were a couple of teachers, yeah, that I really didn't know very well. But, um, you know, and we would have, I don't know that we were doing TBTs just yet. I don't know when that, I think that came in after. I don't know that there was TBTs that first year. But, uh, 
but you did just kind of stick with the people that you were used to teaching. So what that would create is differences of opinions. Yes. And it would also create a little division within a grade level whenever you're trying to bring a building together. So not on purpose. No. Not on purpose. Not at all. But you've got two administrators. So let's review. You've got two administrators, one used to a very small community, one used to a larger community. You've got two sets of people, one used to a very small community. And when I say small community, it might be like if they were late picking up their kids for gym, it wouldn't be any big deal because there weren't that many gym classes, you know? Or if they could stay a little bit longer and chat in the library with the librarian because there weren't as many libraries. You I know, that, that flexibility that came with a small building yes. and lots of time and then you come to to a large building and then we're all on a time clock and you've got to pick up your kids because other kids are coming down the road and all of that and that is a culture shock and then I have to where I've always had one partner which we've shared everything we've gone back and forth Mm. shared kids shared curriculum now I have to share my beliefs with six teachers and my opinions and that is a huge culture shock so so where I was part of MI Day, you were, and Michelle was, believing that those teachers from West had a lot of assimilation to do. Mm-hmm. That and, and I know that happens when buildings are coming together all over the place. Yes. And so maybe, maybe the takeaway from this is that if you're in that position of bringing two buildings together, just recognizing. Yes. Just recognizing the culture shock of the different teachers. And, you know, maybe they're – you know, I don't know, did you guys kind of, did you pick up on that at the time that you recognized maybe teachers were kind of gra- not gravitating gravitating to each other but sticking in their own groups? And what did you think how to fix that or? I don't know that I s- picked up on that initially. It I think over time when, as the months went on, the year went on, then it's, and we weren't making uh we weren't building relationships within the teams, within the grade levels, then I think I probably stepped back and thought, okay, wait, something's getting in the way of this. What are those things? Why is this not gelling? Like yes. it should be gelling. They're in the grade level. They're working together. I don't think I probably gave it a lot of thought or enough thought about just how that whole relationship, that trust factor that you have to build in a team, any team. Right. Uh, so at the time, I, I probably didn't get it, but as, as I've reflected back on it now, 14, 15 years later, <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm like, learn, oh, huh? uh, may, that would be a nugget that I would probably share. That yes. You really do need to think about how that impacts what, what it is that you need to do going forward. And until those relationships and trust are built, I think it's hard to introduce some new initiatives I think that's yes so if you're bringing two buildings together if you're in that position right now and listening to this you might not want to start too many like new things um, and just be mindful really I almost focus on the adults exactly for the first year or the first two years Um, and I've actually heard PBIS is for the adults I have heard that and I love that because that gives us a whole framework to work from but um, and that'll be for another time to talk about that. But just the idea of focusing more on the adults that you're bringing together is is very important. And I know even just from because we talked about it being from the counselor end. So I was the school counselor at um, the larger building, and teachers were used to also um, calling on me for help with their students. 
West's only counselor was a mental health counselor, was a mental health professional, not a counselor that really helped with students that weren't referred. So for, for them to, to even come to me at all was very foreign for them because they didn't see what my position was there. So I felt that they didn't come to me as well because they didn't understand. Now, looking back, because hindsight's 2020 always, is <laughs> it is <laughs> putting out there more of what my um, what I could offer them, which I didn't. Yes. I didn't because I just felt, oh, the majority knew, so therefore everyone should know. So that is a takeaway what you said, what I said, is we didn't we didn't think about that when so we were trying the to assimilate for this building. All of you listening, if you're in that spot, <laughs> some really good information there. Yeah, yeah. I like that. So we're going to go on. So we've talked a lot about culture and we've talked a lot about personalities, but we're going to talk about discipline and what it was like with two different disciplines. Diane, right? Because so now you're bringing, coming into the stage. Two <laughs> buildings together can be very difficult, especially different views on how the office should handle discipline. And um, so, what was it like with teachers having different definitions of office referrals? Do you remember back that far before we had any kind of PBIS or anything? I I could recall two things. We had staff who would head-on handle a discipline issue in their classroom themselves initially and they would work with it a while and then when it went up past that then I might get that call and then I had staff who just assumed the principal is going to intervene about anything that goes on in their classroom so there were two different camps uh, there might have been some middle people but some people that would be what we would call frequent flyers I, I could say there were staff members that were frequent, frequent flyers, flyers as well <laughs> For sure. <laughs> and because there was no set definition on either way, like what is a major referral? What is a minor referral? What constitutes office? What constitutes classroom? It really is up to the teacher deciding that. And you are right. There there were different um, levels when, of and I when do it think should go to the office. At West, they, had, they did have a discipline plan in place that was um, the rule violation and the fun Friday. And the thing about that and is we if really we look didn't. back, we, so when we at, say at we, big school. we mean the big school, MIA. Right. But West not only had formed this kind of a mean, mini PBIS oh, session, it was. it was a discipline, yes. they had also taken that and, and showed it. So they had done workshops where they had yes. they had talked about it, they had presented it. So they felt pretty strong about that language and that program at that time. So again, I think that would have been really tough for them coming into such a big uh -huh. building where we didn't have that language at all and probably really didn't do anything with it. That, I'm sure that frustrated them. Yes, yeah. So now you not only have different teachers thinking about what goes to the office and what does not go to the office, but then you have different language because they had things like what Diane just said. They had rule violations. Well, the large building didn't know what a rule violation was, and I remember teachers saying, I don't even like that word. It's big, you know. What's a rule violation? What's a kindergarten? You know, and it's just, okay, but that was that was second guess it to um, – to West, they knew what that was, and they were comfortable with it. Mm -hmm. and then they had Fun Fridays, and and um, and some of you out there may do Fun Fridays. I, mean, I think and we actually did start yeah. Fun Fridays. We did start there. that. We I, did start yes. that at MI Day, but that was another thing where they had to, you know, do that that mm -hmm. wasn't theirs. And so it was a time where we had a lot of differences of opinion. And I'm not sure how, you know, um, 
how that could change uh, because I think before you can get people on board for one plan, there has to be the relationship piece. So I think there's, a, there's going to be growing pains the first year. Maybe, um, maybe some groundwork could have been laid better than what we did, I, I don't know. But I also think that first year is just really focusing on the adults again to build, build relationships to then help. But Michelle even said that you didn't see that, you kind of I didn't felt see that it relationship yeah. would, would just grow. I, I agree, I just I thought it would just all come together that it probably didn't need a whole lot of help. Uh, and then that's not true. You yeah. do have to think that through. Uh, and that could have been lack of experience. Never had gone through that before. But I, I would, if to do it again, would definitely and step back. Well, this podcast is all yeah. about is, you know, helping people out. Yeah. They, people are bringing schools together all the time. So somebody will be listening to us and they'll be in that position. So... You know, yes, we can't go back and fix what happened, but yeah. but but in your defense, you know. just a little bit, because if I remember back, because I was a teacher uh, too and worked with West people, there was a time where we would go out there once a month. They would come in once a month, and we would have. Um, meetings okay to try to bring the grade level together do you remember doing that diane it was like every other one just yeah, like once a month so. we would have yes. a grade level meeting yes. where we would go out to west or west would come into us and then and that was supposed to keep that little continuity to a degree but it wasn't where we made any big decisions and it's no. not where we made any um discipline decisions or the way to run a building or whatever it was just to know who the other teachers were at the grade level so in a way you could have thought well they did do an effort towards right. that because it's not like now mm -hmm. in some districts you've got so many elementaries they never get together you know so right. you've got maybe five elementaries those teachers never see each other but with us only having two we did do a little bit of that like i knew who the other fourth grade mm -hmm. teachers were out there but still now that we look at it the climate was so different the culture was so different that assimilating that without any preliminary that's that's right. where the problems happened right well i think that we are at a point where we need to um we don't want to stop this discussion. However, we're out of time. So we're going to make this an episode one. So we want you to join us for an episode two, The Struggle is Real. Uh, I'm Diane Ruff. I'm Diane Farrell. So join us next week on PBIS, Our Journey to Genius. In this episode, we will continue our realizations of the struggle towards consolidation and bringing two communities together. So if you are involved in that and you want to stick around, come back for episode two. 